Join us every Friday for encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. Grab your coffee or grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. Hey everyone, Kim here. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us this week. I hope that you had an amazing week and are entering into your weekend full of joy, hope, peace, and all of that amazing good stuff. By the time this episode airs, we will have been through quite a number of episodes. We had um, Dwayne Charles on, the Greg Locke debater, uh, who Greg went on my Life Clips page, which I would love to know who showed him that. It's not like I'm a big podcast, but any boo. So uh, Greg Locke, if you want to actually do this, um, I will for sure do it. I will be prayerful about it and seek godly wisdom. Then we had on Pete Garcia, who talked about his amazing book, The Disappearing. So again, if you have not picked that up, I highly recommend that you do Terry James, Pete Garcia, The Disappearing. Then we had Addie on to discuss New Age in the church and what's happening. We also had Chris Milton on, the podcaster from Last Hour Bereans, which I've, my, some of my older episodes are on their YouTube channel. So go ahead and head on over to that channel since I am banned on YouTube. So we had Chris on to talk about Catholicism and was Jesus Catholic. And then we had Miss Jenny Ganjemi on talking about transhumanism, which was really exciting. Then I dove into psychedelics. So we've had a lot of things happening here on Life Clips. And then I also forgot, totally forgot about that. I had my rebuttal, my own personal rebuttal. And the reason I did it that way is actually before Dwayne's episode aired, I usually do these intros, as you know, before the guest comes on. And that was actually going to be my intro, but it was just too long. And I didn't want to take that time from him. So basically, my intro was my rebuttal. So if people are wondering, well, hey, how come Kim, you never really spoke like you said you were going to on episode 122? That would be why because I took that all out to put on an actual episode It's probably the shortest episode less the ones I had in the beginning, when life clips first started. So that was pretty fun. But what we're doing today is I'm bringing back on Addie Miller, because the last time she was here, we didn't get into the stuff that I wanted to dissect with her. The next thing I want to bring up before house cleaning issues is by the time this airs, um, it would be several weeks, but the gift was given a couple of days ago, but she won't get credit for it until like right now me recording this intro for Addie. So... I've had a couple of family members um, send me stuff, and one of them was a mug that I also brought on, you know, about twisting of a scripture verse. I can do all things through a verse that's taken out of context. So uh, the other day at work, I got this amazing package from my amazing sister in the Lord, Sandra. And I know I mispronounced your name when I first started the Chosen series. I said Sandra, so forgive me, girl. Um, 
But anyway, so Sandra and I have become fast friends. She's a loyal listener, um, busy mom, busy life. So thank you so much for being loyal. But she brought a big tear to my eye. She brought tears to my eyes is what I should say. So Sandra, thank you. Thank you so very much. I don't ask for anything. For those who know, I do all of this on my own, out of my own pocket, and God provides and God blesses. So from the website to any video content that I use, you know, editing software, everything that you see here is purchased out of my own pocket, including coffee mugs, because that's my little niche. But anyway, with that being said, I received this amazing package. And inside the package was a beautiful personal note that I will not read. Um, I would love to, but I'm not going to do that unless I have her approval to do so. But a beautiful note, cried, you know, because sometimes I wonder, man, is this my flesh doing this podcast or is this something that God is leading me to do? Then there was a nice gift given. And then this amazing mug, I was going to ruin my own thing here. So let me introduce this week's mug brought to you by our very own family member, Sandra. All right, so this mug here is a Ray Dunn. She got me a Ray Dunn mug, and it simply says, In Christ Alone. And really, you know, I was thinking, this is really fitting for mine and Addie's recording this week, because we're going to delve into a topic of New Age, but a different spin on New Age called the Greater Reset, not the New World Order and the Klaus Schwab Reset. And the mug is so fitting because in Christ alone is where my hope is. I don't fear. I don't worry. I don't dread because I know with Christ, I know how, I know how it ends and I know who sits on the throne. So Sandra, again, thank you, sis, for this amazing mug, for your amazing note, for the amazing tea. By the way, I'm also, I have her tea right here in this mug. It's a sour cherry, a little steamy there. I don't know if you guys can see that. But I will definitely be enjoying the tea. So her note and her tea and the, the gift and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I do love coffee mugs. That was my little niche to make podcasts. This Life Clips podcast a little different than the rest. So anyway, guys, a couple other house cleaning issues. As always, if you're clicking the link in Facebook, go ahead and open the link, either sign in or subscribe to Rumble. It is free. And when you open the video, please hit that little boxing glove. It should be at the top or the plus symbol on your computer. Go ahead and give us a rumble. So smash that rumble button. And also, as always, subscribe to this channel. Turn on your notifications. I love the comments. But let me know. Help me out just a little bit, like what you're commenting on at what point in the video. If you can do that, that'd be great. And... um as we're all learning Rumble together, let's, uh, you know, give me feedback if sound is bad, if quality is bad, or whatever the case may be. So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and we'll bring on Miss Addie Miller. Beginning 
again. All right, guys. So Addie and I, we've been here a few times. We're having some technical difficulty. There is, I'll just preface this, there is a bit of a delay on her end. Um, so if it gets really bad, then we'll switch it up. But that's what's happening. So we're going to dive right in. So Addie is not Bruce Lee anymore. Okay. <laughs> so what I wanted to do, Addie, the reason you're coming back on quite a few times um, after this as well, we're going to talk about aliens on another episode and Scientology on another but the reason I wanted you back on is we did not have enough time to cover um, what we're going to cover today because we kind of got into right. New Age and the church on an episode. By the time we're here now, it's already going to be aired. But um, so we're going to dive into what I call secular videos. And I want to just say this really quick. What's scary is New Age is so intricately woven into a form of spirituality or Christianity that we don't see these lines being crossed or blurred anymore. And they're completely merged. And it seems really that people are okay with this. So what we're going to do here today is let me just back up one second here and just say when COVID happened, I feel like God opened this window into wheat and tares. I believe God used COVID to expose so much, not only the wickedness that I think we underline knew what was in our government, but we kind of just ignored it. And maybe honestly, I mean, let me be honest. I knew it was bad, but not as bad. So I feel like God used President Trump to expose a lot of wickedness that we were blinded to or not really aware of. He also used President Trump to um, set up Israel's timepiece. And then I feel like he also used President Trump to expose what we're going to get into today, this um, QAnon, this new age, this America first, this MAGA movement or MAGA, however you say it. So we're going to watch some videos here today. And I know that we're going to get to one that's extremely dark um, the sounds in it. So again, if you're not firm in the faith or if you have small kids, I don't want them listening to this video. I think Addie and I have been down this new age road enough that we can kind of hear it, even though it's doesn't, it's unsettling in our own spirits. We're not going to be like demons are not going to start like filtering in our home, but anyway, so, um, we could just see this push with new age we can see it with yoga classes, meditation, mental health, being a vegan, caring more about the planet, plant-based foods. And I'm not saying that's all bad, like being a vegan, caring about the planet. If you want to eat plant-based, that's fine, I'm, I'm, whatever. But when it becomes this thing in your life and it takes precedence, and I'm going to say the last one, really essential oils, I think, have really come into play as well because they've kind of used essential oils as a meditation type of thing, a soothing, a calming kind of thing. So what we're going to do before I really give this floor to you today, and I know you have extra notes um, after we knew that we weren't going to cover this, I want to share my screen. And I just want to go through a couple of websites. And before we get into the greater reset, because I know you have a lot to dive into on that, I'm going to play a few videos. It's a little montage that I made. Um, and I'm going to kind of break it up. So we're going to play a little bit when that video is over, you'll talk upon it, but first let me share my screen. And the first one I want to show is this first one here is this, can you see that Addie? You're good. I can see it. Yeah. Okay. So this right here, this is called the greater reset. And it's basically, which Addie will get into here momentarily, it's a, a big movement of these new age people. And you can come down here and, and look at them all and browse their speakers and learn about them. So we're going to dive into this here today. 
But the other thing that I found that I want to show you guys while we're here is this parliament of the world's religions. So it's it's coming, guys. It's it's here. It's it's emerging of a one world interfaith. Uh, or as Dallas Jenkins calls it, a faith tradition. So here's more of them, you know, faith for earth. I mean, you could just dive into these websites. All the links will be in the show notes. And then here we have this other website that I found, you know, just the greater reset them exposing all of this stuff. And, you know, so all of these things are very, very important for us to know as believers that this is the um, reawaken American tour is huge, which so many, like I'm talking the pillow guy, Mike Lindell is involved in that. Greg Locke is involved in that. There's so many people that you would know as names and you're thinking, well, what's wrong with it? Well, it's rooted in new age and NAR and mysticism. So what I want to do, Addy, is I want to share my screen yet again. And um, the gentleman that we're going to see here that's on the screen is, so this guy, Tom, how would you say his last name, Addy? Bailu? Bill you? I can't see it very clearly just yet, Kim. It's B I L Y E U. Yeah, Bill you. Bill you. Yeah. Okay. So this guy here, he's got 2.8 million subscribers on his YouTube channel. And what I want to do is I want to read what he says. And then also uh, down the road, when we watch another video, what this other gentleman says. So again, I want you to pay attention to keywords here this week, guys, are you a part, and I'm quoting, are you a part of many struggling, of the many struggling with finding meaning in the midst of the chaos, disease, falling governments, unspeakable human conditions? What does it even look like to show up your best these days when your heart is heavy and you're surrounded with so much uncertainty? This episode today takes a plunge and leans off the ledge with Jamie Wheel. Unpacking the depth and complexities he's addressing in his latest book, Recapture the Rapture. The conversation is heavy and will challenge you to rethink your stance and what leaning into our global community could be for you. And anyway, so enjoy peak experiences, spark the human initiative in your community and have some compassion for the world around you. Lots of... Okay, so Tom, the one I just read, he's the one in the the black hat. And then Jamie is the one with his hand on his chin, looking like he's ready to listen intently. Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do, from your show being listed on every major podcast platform, to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites, to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. 
Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. Here's my quick synopsis of the book, and we'll then parse out where I go wrong. So first of all, we've lost meaning in our world, and that has created sort of this God-sized hole, and capitalism and sort of classical liberalism is failing to deliver the solutions that we hoped would be there in the absence of something like God, that, you know, this would spread out to all humanity and would be this wonderful utopia that has not quite worked out. And if we look to our biological drivers, which is a huge part of the book and part of the reason I'm so like thrilled that you wrote this because to me, so often people don't acknowledge that we're all having a biological experience. So if we look at sort of the realities of our biology, understand the drivers that we have, then sort of this last meaning 3.0 sense of understanding the tools that we have, understanding where we've come from and what this loss of meaning really means, we have a chance to use what you call cultural architecture to build something new that hopefully does not repeat the mistakes of the past. And we're going to go into extreme detail on exactly how you pull that off because you give a lot of actionable ideas. But did I get close? That's awesome. You start with explaining how basically the world is going to end. Um, <laughs> walk us, walk us <laughs> through this. Have your attention. Yeah. Right. Walk us through the loss of meaning. I think that's maybe the most important thing for people to understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th I think the simplest thing to say is, is, is you haven't gone crazy. The world has, you know, like we can all just exhale that, especially in this last year, super acutely, but increasingly over the last four or five years, things have been getting super weird and they've been getting, you know, exponentially weird in competing and conflicting, conflicting directions. But the thing in the middle of how do we make sense of all this exponential meaning isn't keeping up. And, you know, the Harvard biologist E.O. Wilson he had a great description of this. He says, <clears throat> we have paleolithic emotions. It's just kind of how we are hardwired. We're 50,000 years behind this curve, <laughs> right? We've got medieval institutions and we've got godlike technology. And that sense that in our world right now, you know, things are getting exponentially better. You know, war, wars and poverty are down. Nutrition is up. You know, all the all the good, happy things that Steven Pinker talks about. Or if you've seen those Hans Rosling TED Talks and you're like, look at all the awesome like, yay, I should be more optimistic. Right. Um, and then you doom scroll your news feed and you're almost like there's fire and there's Ebola and there's covid and there's racism and there's sexism and there's tribalism and there's fascism and there's all the isms you know, all the time, we're like, oh, no, things are getting exponentially worse. Like, which is it? <laughs> and and it becomes totally crazy making to try and toggle between those two things and sort stuff out. So most of us, because, you know, all animals, but humans especially, we're lazy and we're seek, we seek efficiency. So like instead of always reinventing the wheel, we base things on predictions. So one of the things we do is we look to authority figures. We say, well, what do the clever people, the smart people, the people we trust, the people in power, right? The, 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 whether that's academics or business people or clergy or, you know, or, or social groups, whomever it is, right? We look to others to help us make sense of all that complexity efficiently. We've seen the collapse in benign authority, but we've also seen a collapse in divine authority. 
organized religion, right? And so, as and, and in that, we've seen this kind of like giant sucking vacuum in the middle that's led to a meaning crisis. And so, you know, the, the Pew Research Foundation has recently found that, you know, the nuns, the spiritual but not religious, are the largest and fastest growing, you know, denomination in, in America. Never been. N-O-N-E, not N-U-N. Not little black habits, but right. none of the above, right? And and so that's novel, never happened before. So fewer and fewer people are kind of under the under the big tent of church or synagogue or temple, right? And so we we see that like meaning 1.0, like all of organized religion for thousands of years, promised salvation, like if you believed you were saved, you know, but at the price of inclusion. Like if you didn't believe what we believed, you were damned or you were not part of the part of the party. Right. French Enlightenment onwards, the kind of modern liberal order. And I don't mean liberal as in Democrat. I mean, liberal in the sense of liberalism. Um, they tried something else because they just come out of all the wars, the religious wars of Europe. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not do any more of that. Let's do inclusion. Let's take salvation off the table. It's super problematic. Let's do inclusion. So all men and women are created to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, liberty, equality, brotherhood, all those good things, regardless of race, color, or creed. So meaning 2.0 said, well, let's do inclusion, but it came at the cost of salvation because that's super problematic. We're not going to touch that third round. So in this collapse right now, like every, we, we need to make sense of things more than ever. It's more complicated, it's moving faster, and it's more consequential than ever. So we actually have to, for the first time in, in humanity's life ever, expand our awareness beyond clan, tribe, clan, faith, and even beyond nation state to a global perspective. You know, well, I mean, look, we're talking about potentially the end of the American century and the rise of the Chinese. You know, we've seen all sorts of geopolitical, you know, moves on the chessboard uh, in the last few years. We are, in fact, still a nuclear world with a with a pile of those floating around. There's increasing asymmetric technologies that can wipe us all out accidentally on purpose. And whether that's bioterror and gene editing or CRISPR or, you know, you, or you name it, or, you know, or weaponized viruses, there's, there's infinite amounts of that. And that's kind of never been true. The, the, you know, the, the archetypal 400 pound guy in his, you know, in his mom's basement with a laptop, like that guy can actually unplug the whole thing right now. That's never been, that's never been possible. So the, um, the, um, the doomsday clock, which was originally created around nuclear weapons, yeah. um, Let's broaden that now to all the things that you just talked about or, or, you know, lump them all together to sort of the state of the world and the way that we can destroy ourselves. And so the question is, you know, can we muddle through this? Are we absolutely certain that we're not just in another one of those? And then what do we do and how do we get to the greatest, like the, the best happily ever after in the greatest one story with him ever. because he comes out of that whole greater reset thing. Uh-huh. That's how I found and Jamie. And you can tell mm-hmm. by, by what he said. And, you know, he uh, he waxes eloquently. Yeah. You know, I noticed that a lot of people that get involved in in extreme always do their best to talk over people's heads. Mm. And I feel like that's a form of deception. Mm. So I try and I, I mean, I don't my vocabulary is not massive, but I still try and keep my vocabulary as simple as possible. 
Mm. You know, and if I do use a word that I think somebody may not understand, I, I say, which means, or could also be known as, or mm-hmm. something like that. But I've noticed these people, they always do that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's really a form of manipulation so that people come away a little confused. Correct. And that way they can't question yeah. what they're saying. Exactly. So it's. So there was a couple of things that I picked up on, on this guy that wrote recapture the rapture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the one thing that I think is very prevalent in the way that he was speaking, the words he would use, he talked about paleontology and he used millions of years. Well, and then he talks about God. So in, in my opinion, he could very well be a theistic evolutionist. You know, that's, that's a very prevalent belief that's coming into Christianity right now. And it actually um, um, originated with the Roman Catholic church. Mm. But I heard that I heard him like I, I got that those red flags from him, you know, and then he said something, of course, about uh, the collapse of organized religion, mm-hmm. you know, that is very telling when they just throw everybody in the same bucket. Yes. You know, organized religion is basically Christianity is mm-hmm. what they're talking about. And everything else is acceptable outside of Christianity. And then he also talked about a global perspective, uh, which, you know, that's all buzz phrases. You know, you probably mm-hmm. got the red flags just like I did. Mm-hmm. And there were several other things. But uh, what they're doing is they are hijacking. They're hijacking um, Christianity. They're hijacking it. You know, what happened is you had this infiltration of new age and we talked about that before of new age thought and new age beliefs and all that. And it really, I mean, it started in the, in the garden, but it really just became so prevalent in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. When he, remember he talked about the enlightenment movement. Mm -hmm. Well, that's when new thought came on the scene and all of that. Well, he's hip and cool to that. That's his thing. He loves that because it's all embracing. And what they did is they threw off the shackles of organized religion. You see, now Mm. now there were still people along the way in the 1930s and 40s and 50s that tried to um, rescue denominationalism. You know, that's Mm. when Billy Graham came on the scene. Mm. You know, then everybody thought, I know, everybody thought, oh, we're saved. I mean, at least the Baptists are going to be saved. You know, because Billy Graham came on the scene and he was like, you know, he was just like this rich, wonderful, mm. where have you been all my life yeah. evangelist, right? Okay. So, but the enlightenment really took hold. And and though you had these two groups going at the same time, you had you had neither one of them, um, neither one of them gave to one another. So when you come into um the 1960s and the 1970s and then on into the 90s with Rick Warren and his his you know ecumenism and then you get into postmodernism and uh, the leadership network and the emergent uh, movement and the mm-hmm. social justice then you have you have this this melding of the two so for a while you had you had a separation you had mm-hmm. the enlightenment thinkers and then you had the denominationalists mm-hmm. right and the methodists uh and, you know because the methodists were the ones the circuit riders in the in the west mm-hmm. and so you had 
But then when the 60s came about, you know, and, and it was, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. And uh, and uh, we don't we're going to take a trip on 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 uh, drugs. But then when we realize we don't want to do drugs, then we're going to start meditating mm-hmm. and we're going to bring in the, the, the Hindu gurus to help mm-hmm. us get that that trip that we want without the drugs. Yeah. So they started doing it. So that's when there that there started to be this merging of the two. It was from the 60s on to and it just it just snowballed from there. Yeah. You know, that's where you so you have people like this guy who t- who is you you told me that he is a one of the greater reset people. Mhm. Okay. So what they have done is they're saying, and there's some people within Christianity, within Christendom that are saying this too, that wait, the new age movement wasn't, wasn't all bad. And we actually uh, are foundational to Christianity. Now you mm-hmm. have people within Christianity saying, wait, we can't let the new agers hijack what we always knew was right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm. there's that merging and that melding. Right. Today. And and that, you know, that just rolls into a lot of other things. Yeah. I'm like you, though, Kim, during I mean, I had several like aha moments during all this COVID stuff, you know, like I know you did, too. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it's like I just realized, like, wow, yeah. I never realized that this is connected to this or this is happening over here. So what I, the first thing that I noticed was, I mean, there was a lot of things, but one of the most prominent things that I realized was that there were a lot of people that were saying a lot of the right things, but their agendas mm. were not biblical. So I made up this little group, this three little group. Okay. I have the number one group is the malevolent group. You know, they don't hide what they're doing. You know, they are, they are working for the implementation of the great reset. Okay. That's mm-hmm. like Soros, gay, you know, global elites, whatever. Then you have these people, the greater mm. reset people. And what's dangerous about them is the majority of Christians don't understand that they are not biblical. Right. They'll say, but they're against mm. the great reset. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're not biblical. So I have these three groups. I have the group, the, the, the great reset group. I have the group of people that are basically the greater reset people. They are against the great reset, but they are not for the biblical God. Mm-hmm. They are not, they don't have a biblical worldview. They don't have a prophetic worldview. They don't have a dispensational worldview. They don't have any of that. Their agenda is basically the same thing yeah. as the globalists. Mm-hmm. They want to create this utopia on earth. Well, that's what Klaus Schwab is wanting to do. He wants to fix everything. Right. Same thing with group two. Then group three, more mm. important the biblical, uh, prophetically minded, Mm. non-compromising, discerning believers. So the danger to me is not the great reset people like Schwab and Gates and all them, because you can see them clearly what they're all about. Mm -hmm. The most dangerous people are the people that this young man Mm. represents. And the uh, website that I went to that that greaterreset.org website mm-hmm. is the kind of web, website, Kim, that some Christians would go to and go, I agree with this. 
Exactly. I agree with this. I, have, I agree. Oh, this is good. I agree with this. Yeah, they want to, you know, they want to help the planet. They want, you know, they want to help the poor. They want to help the sick. Mm-hmm. They are the most dangerous group. They're much more dangerous than Klaus Schwab. Correct. Yeah. And the UN and the European Union. Yes. And the Bilderbergers mm-hmm. and all of them. Because we know what they're about. Correct. But these people are very deceptive. And yes. then you come in, you, you come into Christendom and you have people within Christendom that are warning against the Great Reset and saying, you know, bad guys, mm. bad guys. They're the bad guys. And at the same time, yeah. they are being fevers as well. Exactly. That's what I came to realize in the last two and a half to three years. Mm-hmm. That there are three groups. I tell people all the time, just because you have two groups, it doesn't mean one is good and one is evil. That's right. They can both be evil. Exactly. So I, I tell my sisters and brothers, we're not on this side or that side. We're on the Lord's side. Amen. And mm-hmm. that's where we have to stay. Mm-hmm. It's on the Lord's side. Amen. And that's, you know, honestly, like I... I've said it time and time again, and I've also told you, or maybe I haven't, but when life clips started, it did, it, it's not like it is now. So right. when I started getting this gut punch, like, I'm not like, I don't believe God speaks audibly, but if the Holy Spirit's right. indwelled in the believer oh, and I, maybe I'm not phrasing it right, but you do get a gut punch. Like when yes. you see something, that's the discernment in us. That is the gift that God has given all of us as believers. And I just saw this trajectory of, wait a second, why is this, you know, this, uh, and again, I love America. I am beyond blessed to be, have been born here, Amen. but I am not this. Did I vote for Trump twice? Of course I will. In the primaries, actually the first time he ran, I didn't vote for him. I voted for Cruz, but whatever. Right. But I am not this person, this QAnon, MAGA, everything, America, Trump is the greatest, the kingdom's coming to earth. Everything's going to get better type of person. And I just seen, like, as you said, these two evils, because that's what they yeah. are. And I'm so glad yeah. you said that. Cause I always, again, I've told you this. I felt yeah. like I was on this Island by myself. Everyone thought I had 20 heads. They were like, Kim, why do you keep talking about this? Well, because that's <laughs> the greatest deception that is it to is. come. So, you know what I think about too, and I don't know how you feel about this sister, but what I think is you described the Klaus Schwab's and this greater, this great reset. Then we have the greater reset. And what I see is this shifting paradigm of false religion, as we know, is going to ride the Antichrist. Exactly. And this little horn might come out of this great reset. But for the time being, everyone, because you got to remember, there's going to be a vacuum-sized hole when, when once we're raptured, exactly. um, whether people realize that or not. It, this world is going to, they're not going to know it's a rapture, but they are going to say something is missing. Where did the, Us leaving the earth is definitely going to be an atmospheric change. So now we have this vacuum of the church is gone. The Holy Spirit is not removed. He's just pushed out of the way. I want to make that clear, guys. He's not gone. He's still here. He's just working as he did in Old Testament days. Big old difference. He comes and he leaves, comes and he leaves. That's why David would say, do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. Uh, But in the age of grace, he's indwelt in the believer. So anyway, I don't want to digress. There's not a Bible lesson here today. But so we see that happening to, is this greater reset? Is someone like a Jamie, I'm just using him hypothetically, going to intoxicate the Antichrist in the beginning and infiltrate the Antichrist to say, hey, listen, you can't come at people. People aren't all about this 
tyranny thing. Let's go ahead and have our kumbaya moment over here. So what do you think about that when you see yes. these two heads merging? Yes, I think that's exactly what I think that the Antichrist is going to it's going to sit back. He's going to sit back and he's going to allow this 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 global universal global religion mm-hmm. to just take shape to come to power. I think that uh, because because it's going to be useful to him. Yeah. See, because eventually it will all be directed to to, in, to him in worship. Exactly. Yep. You know, so what they're doing is they're acting like a magnet to gather the people mm. or that one world universal dominionist and time re- apostate religion. Mm-hmm. They, they're the ones that are going to just just draw people. And it's like you said, the rapture is going to it's going to flip some people out. I mean, yeah. it really will. Some people that have heard us when we shared it with them are going to go, wait a minute. You think that's what that was? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, I believe that people can get saved during the tribulation, Mm -hmm. but I think the majority of the people are going to go, no, I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I I, I think something else, you know, maybe the aliens took them. We'll talk about that on another podcast. Yeah. So I, I think that the majority of people are going to be drawn even more than they are now yes. because people are getting so drawn into this one world apostate church. And mm. it's like, they're oblivious that they're, especially those who know the Bible, yeah, who say they know the Bible. Correct. They are the ones, in my opinion, that are also the most deceptive because people look at them and go, well, you know, he's been a Christian for 40 years and he's written all these books and he's mm. been a Bible teacher and he preaches. So he can't be leading us wrong. Yeah. So when you see that and you see the deception that's going on within Christendom, you mm-hmm. can understand how it, this will be all embracing. Exactly. Or that one world in time apostate church. For sure. That Antichrist will, will, will use and then he will destroy her. Exactly. When he is no more need of her. That's right. Will be obliterated. Correct. So these people, these people, the, the greater reset people are, in my opinion, much more dangerous, much mm-hmm. more deceptive than the people like Schwab and Gates and even the, the New World Order people. Correct. Like you said, you know, the New World Order, yes, but the most important thing to focus on is the end time apostate church. Exactly. Because it's still going to be grabbing, it's going to, it's going to be filling its, its seats and, and filling its membership roles after the rapture. So let me ask you something. I don't I, cause it bothers me. So you can speak freely or not, but you know, I love my prophecy teachers that I listen to. I love Dr. Andy. I love Tom Hughes. I love, um, I, I, I do, but it bothers me that they don't talk about this. They're right. so focused on the headlines. Yes. So, so you guess you I feel agree. that. Same. So I agree. Why do you think they don't talk about it, though? Like, it's right there in front of them. Is it something that they just don't want to? They feel like maybe if they're going down, it's an evil road and they shouldn't. But you need to expose that just like you're exposing the NWO. You need to expose the new age. I don't know, Kim. I mean, I mean, only they can answer that. But I, you know, I think maybe, you know, maybe it's because they're so focused on and what they're doing is good. Correct. Yes. Doing is good. But I'm like you. Why are they not also incorporating this Correct. as well? You yeah. know, this deception that's going on. Because again, I think that it is much more dangerous to people. Correct. 
then the new world order and the united nations right because that's that. literally the second half of the tribulation that's what it doesn't come on the scene at first like that's what i'm right. saying i know i'm reading that right and it's so obvious yeah you know, it's like to me you you could just mention something that's obvious and go yeah you know this is yeah. this, this it's obvious but my passion has always been to expose things that are devious mm. things that look like they're biblical but they're you got not it. That's right. Things that yes. are counterfeit yeah. Christianity yeah. because they have a semblance of mm-hmm. Christianity, but they are not Christianity when you research it and you dig yeah. into what these people are teaching. Exactly. So it's, it's not at all. That, that, in my opinion, is a much more worthwhile thing to be um, uh, calling out and to be exposing. Yes. You know, the... Yeah. the uh, because the reason this is the thing and the, when I, I i went on the on the website and looked at and and the thing that that really and i'm not shocked by it but you have people what they do is to give for these new agers to give themselves some type of seeming legitimacy they always pull in people that people are following mm-hmm. Whether it be they're following because they were exposing the COVID thing or exposing the jab thing or all of that, they will get those people to come and platform with them. Mm -hmm. Then that pulls in the people that were going, oh, well, you know, I have my suspicions about COVID, I have my suspicions about the jab. So this person that I've been listening to has been right on. Yeah. About a lot of things. Yes. They're speaking at this at this conference. Mm-hmm. And the conference is being put on by the greater reset activation people. Mm-hmm. So you know how many people that's how many Christians that's gonna draw them in? How many conservative exactly. politically conservative? Yeah. Um, socially conservative, yeah, religiously conservative people. Mm-hmm. They, it was, I think their, their last conference, the Greater Reset's last conference was in January, I believe, of 2022. They had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. Their platform, Children's Health Defense. You know how many people have been just tuned into him? Yes. Because of what just took place in the last couple of years. Exactly. So you know how many yeah. people are going to say, I'm going to listen in to these people, these greater reset people. Then yeah. they have someone who, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz, who's an investor. She's like has an investment firm. And then they throw in the new ager. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a musical group called So Below, like As Above, So Below. Mm-hmm. And then they put they throw in um, Serena Farb, who is a vegan educator <laughs> about plant-based diets. Okay, <laughs> so connect plant-based diets to the WEF. I mean, the thing of it is, is they're all singing the same song. Yeah, they're all singing the same song. They might be singing a different verse, but exactly. it's all the same song. Exactly, they are all heading to the same point. Exactly, the same agenda. They're yeah. just battling one another. They like are the greater reset people are going to say, "Don't listen to them, great reset people, Klaus Schwab and all them. Don't listen to that." To them, yeah. even though they're p- promoting plant-based foods or um, um, foods made in labs, plant-based mm-hmm. foods made in labs. Yeah, we're going to show you how to really do vegan if you want to do vegan. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So they're paralleling in a lot of things mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And. It's and, and and then you have people that I know there's just so much. I know you're like have, me. That's that, that's my reaction every time I dive into this stuff. 
<laughs> you know, and, and I mean, we could just talk for days without end, right? Definitely. But, uh, anyway, so if you look at these groups, you can see their deception because what they're doing is they're pulling in some le- what people would consider legitimate people. Mm-hmm. That's for them to platform with full-blown new age, yeah. full-blown, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, so they warn against the grief, Great Reset while they're basically doing the same thing that the Great Reset is doing. The only difference is, is Klaus Schwab is not doing it. I, I think it's become a religion, but mm. he's not doing it under a spiritual banner. The Great Reset are doing it under a spiritual banner. Exactly. Exactly. And yes. There goes what you were saying about that void after mm. the rapture takes place. Yeah. People are going to be ser- spiritually searching Correct. for answers. Yes. And they're going to look for those answers. Now yeah. you have like even people in, in politics that are getting on the bandwagon of mm. fighting the great reset, the Klaus mm-hmm. Schwab great reset, right? Yeah. Yeah. People like Charlie Kirk. Mm. Charlie Kirk. Okay. He is new apostolic reformation dominion. Okay. Mm. So people say, well, he, you know, he's talking against the great reset. He's against the great reset. I said, but yeah, but you have to look at what he believes in. Too. Correct. He believes that we have to have to establish the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't bring the kingdom in his opinion, right. the prophets, the new prophets and apostles present day. Yeah. So you have him writing a book, right? And it's called the conservative response to the great reset. Mm-mm-mm. So you know how many people are going to grab onto him only because he's 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 countering the great reset of Klaus Schwab. Correct. And let me just interrupt you really quick. And the, the dangerous thing, and I, I might lose some followers here. The dangerous thing with Charlie is big name people like Jack Hibbs has had that man yes. time and time and time, not just yes. one, not just twice. I'm talking it's like a net it's like Jan Markell showing up to the church. He's had Charlie Kirk in that church so much that those people sitting in those seats are now going to probably go out and buy that book. And now they're going to be the seven mountain mandate. So if you ever see seven MM guys, that's what that means. Seven mountain mandate, but that's the people wanting to bring. So explain that really quick. So our listeners understand, I know what it means, but let me just act like I don't. So what exactly is, why do they want to bring the kingdom to earth? So explain what Charlie Kirk and others like him, what is the principle of that? What they're doing is they're they're they don't actually say they're bringing the kingdom to earth. They're saying they they're saying that they're building the kingdom on earth. They are building it. Mankind is, and we know, of course, Scripture tells us. Uh, what is that scripture? In John eighteen thirty six, Jesus said, Jesus answered, "My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should be delivered to the Jews?" But now is my kingdom not from him. Mm. Jesus brings his kingdom when and when we come with him. Mm-hmm. The second yes. okay? <laughs> We're going to be with him when he brings his kingdom to earth. But these people actually believe that they are building their man is building God's kingdom. Now, is that not an oxymoron? Right. <laughs> okay. How could like fallen creation, Correct. even though you're biblically saved, Yes. I could never build God's kingdom. Exactly. I know. So, so you're not doing a really good job of it, but that's all right. No, that's what, you know, that's what my, my fellow sisters around here, they're going, not going too well, is it? Mm -hmm. No, but so, and this is the, this is the really fascinating thing too, Kim, is that this dominionist mentality, this dominionist belief of man building the kingdom of God on earth from the bottom up. Mm. is in a lot of different 
belief system. Yeah. It's in New Age. It's in it's in Hinduism. It's in Buddhism. It's in Shintoism. It's in Jainism. It's it within Christendom. It's in Catholicism. It's mm-hmm. in it's in Jehovah's Witness. I mean, it's even infiltrated a lot of the Protestant mm. denominations now mm-hmm. because because that's what Rick Rick Warren fed people and Correct. then. And then the uh, postmodernists that came on the heels of Purpose Driven at the end of the 1990s, mm-hmm. they uh, they sugared it up some more and people were begging to be fed some more. So you mm-hmm. have just this, it's the prevalent belief yeah. today mm-hmm. that mankind is going to, is in the process of building the kingdom yeah. of God. Yep. And only then, okay, this is just like, I don't understand how anybody can even believe that. Yeah. We build the kingdom and then Jesus, <laughs> and then only then Jesus can come. Well, I always say, well, who's in charge then? Correct. Who's the boss? <laughs> yeah. If, I, if Jesus is waiting for me to build the kingdom, mm-hmm. okay, that means man thinks that he's in charge. Exactly. Of time and of right. prophetic happenings. And yes, everything. I know. How arrogant is that? I agreed. Agreed. So that's the bubble that Charlie Kirk he sits in, and many others like him. Yes, and multitudes of others. I agree. All different religions. I totally agree. So I wanted to move on to our next video, but I don't want to cut you off. So I wanted to make sure that you finished your thought wherever you were at. Um, if you needed to finish up on something, uh, where we're heading next. What about all of the people dying of hunger? What about all of the clean water that we could provide for a fraction of that? What about all of the assistance we could do to the 30 million people being sex trafficked? What about all of this other use some of this money for? We could heal the entire planetary ecosystem for that amount of money. Exactly. And so I got pissed. And then I, that's when I like came out and it was just like, oh, okay, finally, now I get to speak my own, my own sense of this is wrong. And I got to declare it in in a poem that I wrote, Revolution of Solidarity. Mm -hmm. And then- that hinted at another idea, which was the division that was going on in the world. And then I was again, but again, I was like, I feel wrongness. I feel wrongness in everything that's happening, but it wasn't, I couldn't pin it. And then I really understood that, okay, what we need to do is resolve this increasing, widening, polarizing gap between one side and another, left and right, black and white, whatever you want to say, red or blue, doesn't matter. Like all of this divisive, vax, anti-vax, it's forgetting the fundamental truth of reverence for all beings and all life and how interconnected we are. And so the idea that came through was the idea of a united polarity, which is saying you don't have to homogenize we all don't have to slump into the middle become a unisex gender and wear unisex clothes and have unisex ideas and like homogenize milk and all believe the same thing but we can remember the fundamental inalienable truths about being alive you know on this planet as a part of the part of the earth and a part of this shared ecosystem and so united polarity was this thing i was able to push forward and then it was like finally i could breathe again it's like, because <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> I could stand, I could stand in that. And I have a lot of other opinions too, you know, and I'm, and I share those opinions sometimes, but I'm careful to say like, this is my opinion. You know, my opinion is that I think this is, looks a little sketchy and I think that this feels a little off and in my body, this resonates as untrue. If this was a guitar, I would say it's out of tune, even though I'm not a musician. Like I know that this doesn't feel right. But I don't know for sure, but there's certain things that I do know. And one is that 
as you said, you know, this is a crisis of our ability to see each other and communicate and express, you know, our honest truth mm-hmm. to each other. There's two choices the person has. Wait for the world to bring the darkness upon them. Or they can go out and find the darkness and prepare for the inevitable challenges that the world brings. I spent seven days in pitch darkness, isolation and silence. Like just So I'm going to pause this really quick, Addy. I know you can't see me, but you hear the song playing in the background, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go. So this is Aubrey. It's I'm leading all up to something. And again, guys, this is going to get a little dark here. So if you feel like you want to turn it off after this little part, which he goes into, you're more than welcome to. Um, but anyway, I'm going to let this play, but if this is just Aubrey, and then I'll have you discuss about what we're witnessing here in these three videos. So let me continue to play. It's called a darkness retreat. Just darkly darkness. I want to do that. So here's my little room. That's pretty much it. A little four seasons. It's a funny thing to be frightened of your own mind. Frightened of the dark. The Shavin shamans would go down into the catacomb of Shavin. So they would go down into the darkness of these catacombs, snort the vilka, become the jaguar, and emerge as the jaguar shamans. I knew at that point, I'm going into the darkness. one of the oldest tools, our ability to alter our state of consciousness willingly. Blackness used to be a nightly thing for us. Darkness has been with us since the beginning of our evolutionary history. How come the mind keeps coming back? The brain is an incredible thing. It takes light and sound and constructs our entire reality. I really miss my life. And now I'm in an ayahuasca vision that just won't shut off. (laughs) Permanent dark ayahuasca. It's all just as it should be. This is the end of the book. Love what is. I love what is. I love what is. I love what is. So this next part here, again, I want to caution anyone. This is uh, um, Aubrey while he was down here doing this Awake in the Darkness. Again, I cannot put out enough caution to anyone listening to this right now, but this is what happens when you awake the darkness and you tap into the realms because you want to be a God. Be these glowing, like glow in the dark polyps hanging from the ceiling and the pulsing light behind my eyes. God made God laugh. I said, I love you, God. 
and God laughed, knowing that I am God too, and just said, good, good. meditation I found love again I saw a rainbow prior to going in one of the first good visions I've had all right guys like I said I'm, I'm sorry for that but I had to play that for a reason because it's all leading up to what we've been discussing and um, there's a lot of other videos here today that we're also going to continue to share and the reason I'm doing this guys this is a secular point of view but just don't say, gosh, Kim, all these people are not saved. The church, and I use that term very loosely, is participating in this without either knowing it. So let's call it ignorance. And they don't know. But many of these people, such as an Aubrey Marcus or a Jamie, are being invited to platforms where other supposed believers are sharing it. And this should be concerning. So again, I know that was scary. I felt it was very demonic. Um, so Addy, speak upon what you just saw with Aubrey and let me know your thoughts on what we just witnessed. Well, it's, I mean, it's pure demonic shamanism. That's definitely what it is. I, uh, the first thing I noticed when, uh, when you started the video was his little prayer beads. Get those little prayer beads on, you know, they mm -hmm. looked very Hindu. I wasn't quite sure if they were or not, but they looked a little privileged. And he had an alt sign, an Egyptian alt. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very telling. You know, we 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 always display what we believe yeah. one way or another. It, you know, it just goes without saying Amen. that we do that. So everything that we just watch, for some people, will they will say, "Oh, well, that's a, that was a little extreme." I can't imagine that anybody who professes to be a Christian or who is with a member of Christendom would ever participate in anything like that. Well, you know what? It may not be there at the beginning. 
Yeah. It may not be the dark that this young man has steeped himself into at the beginning, but it will eventually get you there. When he said, and the notice to Kim that they always, I turned to Luke 11, because one of my favorite scriptures, here I'm chasing a rabbit, Luke 11, <laughs> uh, where it says, um, then watch out that the light in you may not darken. And that's mm. Luke 1135. Luke 1135. You know what's so funny? I literally, when I turn to Luke, here, I'll show it to you because I haven't flipped the page yet. That's literally what I changed it to. Well, praise the Lord. Luke Luke 11. So Luke 1135. Yes. Yes. And of course, Mm. the scriptures above it, scriptures below it, always read those for context. But just for the sake of time, I immediately, when I see this Mm. concept, so so automatically what people are going to do is they're going to say, oh yeah, but that's not going on in the church. Right. That darkness, you know. When we go, uh, let's say we go to a retreat, we don't go into the into the darkness. We're looking mm. for the light. Yeah. Luke 11. Mm. Luke 11. Mm. You know, coming out of, I, I, I never dreamed that God could make this beneficial, but he, he uses it because I came out of the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. and I was generationally Roman Catholic. Hmm. generation and we were steeped in the pre-vatican II old world catholicism mm-hmm. and uh, along with that my culture rings in now you know it's a catholic community purely catholic okay yeah no other denomination is there purely catholic well my culture is cajun which is a really a, 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 a it's a culture and it's not a lineage because mm-hmm. we're all mixed you know, I'm German French. Oh, know, nice, nice German. blend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a quarter and, uh, German. My mom and is like full German. Yeah. There you go. My dad was German. My mom was French. So wow. anyway, but you have just a hodgepodge of people. So the Cajun culture is a culture. That's mm-hmm. what it is. But within that culture, there's a lot of witchcraft mm-hmm. in that culture. I grew up around that kind of stuff. So in the Roman Catholic church, it was very, very well accepted. Mm -hmm. And this kind of stuff would, you know, it's like nothing to most of us that are Catholic because we have been steeped in that. So we went to uh, treaters, you know, we call that in French. Mm. You know, we went to card readers. Now they didn't read tarot cards. Mm -hmm. They read real cards, Mm. like real, a real deck of cards with the, with the Roman Catholic candle. the rosaries, the Mary statues, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-mm-mm. And so we were brought up with that, with the grigris. You know, you would put a hex on people. Mm. And mm. you would bring a grigris to their house, and you would put it in their house somewhere so that demons could come in. Oh you know, and that gosh. kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I, we were right, and it was very acceptable. Wow. It was, it was considered part of our Catholic culture. Right. The Catholic Church never, ever said, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Correct. Just accepted it, which is what Catholicism wow. does. But anyway, what I thought about when the, when I was watching this young man is a lot of people, like the Catholic mystics, mm. had a lot of that really those really dark experiences, like him. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. really did. Yeah. It was bad. Mm. Like they they were basically demonically possessed, and they gave glory to God, saying mm. that it was God. It was God that was speaking through them when they yeah. were, you know, they would manifest uh, bite marks and burns and, mm. and the stigmata and all that kind of stuff. So I was thinking about that while I was listening and watching this video. Right. But one of the common threads that I have found, and it has yet to fail me, is evolution. Yeah. Evolution. 
yeah. is you will never rarely see a person get involved so deeply in witchcraft like this young man, like people that are that are mystics, mm-hmm. like people that are they don't call themselves shamans, but that's what they are in right. Christendom. Yeah. There's a lot of shamans in Christendom. Mm. You know, if you look at the hyper charismatic movement, there mm. are sh- those people are shamans. Yeah, so agreed. You you look at them and the majority of those the majority of those people, if not 100%, will always believe in some form of evolution, be it Gideonism mm. or theistic evolution. Yeah. Where they talk about God, but they believe mm. in the evolution of man. Yeah. So wow. that is one of the when you deny mm. creationism, mm-hmm. you open yourself up Correct. to any kind of false teaching, yeah. heresy, mm-hmm. apostasy. Yeah. You know, when you start with that, because that's at the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. In God's word, very beginning, creationism. Correct. God created. God yep. spoke. There it was. Yeah. When you start denying that, mm-hmm. you will go down this black hole like this young man did. Now, I don't know whether he ever started as a creationist. I doubt it. But people within Christendom, a lot of people have, and they have changed their opinion over mm-hmm. the years. And a lot of it has to do with the people that they read, yeah. people that they listen to, mm-hmm. people that they follow. Yes. See, if you, I mean, it's just, that's why I tell people, listen, I am so, I am narrow-minded and I am not going to apologize. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, I, I refuse to vacillate. Mm. You know, I might do it accidentally. Right. But I'm yeah. not going to do it knowingly. I'm Correct. Not, yeah. Very narrow minded. And it's because of that. So yeah. this young man, you know, when he talked about altered state of consciousness, that takes mm-hmm. us back to the greater reset. Yeah. Right. Because that's what they're all about. Becoming God. Yeah. Okay, that goes back to the, the creation account. Go back mm-hmm. to Genesis 3. Yes. When, when, you know, Satan caused Eve to doubt yeah, what exactly. God said. Did God mm-hmm. really say that? Really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you misunderstood him. Right. So what do you hear today? <laughs> that's what you hear today. Mm, you hear, yeah. you know, I don't think that's what God meant. You think that's what he meant? Yeah. Right. So they caused doubt. And mm-hmm. then it, in, in creationism, I mean, in uh, in Genesis 3, when you jettison creationism, you start re- thinking of man more lofty than he really mm. is. When when uh, Satan said, oh, God doesn't want you to know all that because then you will be like, mm-hmm. well, that's what all of these people are striving for. That's right. All of them. Yes. You know, you have, you have the great reset with Charles Schwab. They want to re- attain godhood through AI. Mm-hmm. Then you have these people with the greater reset. They want to attain godhood through altered states of consciousness and being one with the universe. And Mm -hmm. how much of that, you know, Kim, how much of that has already filtered into Christianity? For sure. The the late 1800s, early 1900s, with thought and Christian science, Mm -hmm. all of that. Yes. Helena Blavatsky and Mm. and Annie Besant and all of those women, by the way. Right. Have Mm. we recognized how many times Satan has used women? Yeah. It's amazing to me. Now they use the men too. Yeah. But the women. And listen, what I've recognized, and this is a little rabbit trail, what I've recognized is that you might have a man who's the front man, but there's always a woman behind it. Mm -hmm. 
Always. You, you know, not to. And you, you're right on that. Uh, so Greg Locke and his yes. Jezebel Ty. Yes. So Melissa, his first wife, as, as I say, his real wife, she sat silently behind. But I said, I told people, mark my words, Greg is now going to go down a rabbit hole. And now past the past four years, now he's charismatic. He's no longer a cessationist. But you girl, what you just if I had a bell, I'd ring it. I'd probably do it during editing. Ding, ding, ding. But Ty is <laughs> behind the scenes with Greg. Yeah. And if you look, if you look, if you really study the cult leaders, Kim, there is Mm. always a woman behind the scenes. Correct. Who is really the string. Correct. Yes. They are. Yeah. So that, you know, that was like blew my mind over the years when I started to, because, you know, I'm a former feminist. I was like feminist, you know, Mm. radical feminist. And so I know how feminists think because I was one. Yes. So it's important. Important to understand when you look at Genesis three and mm. you see that that you know when when Satan starts talking to Eve and he tells her about uh, well you know God just he's keeping you this information from you because he knows that if if you get that information you'll become like him mm-hmm. you know? so mm-hmm. God's to look like the bad guy right you know, in, in, in Hinduism that's what they teach Something correct like yes yeah. yes that, that Satan was the enlightened one. And God was the evil God. Yeah. That tried to keep everything, the, all the good stuff away from Adam. Mm-hmm. So they teach that. But then when you get to, you know, you get to Christendom, you start thinking, well, you know, where is, where is there any place in, in Christianity where they teach that, you know, man could become God? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's in Harper Charismatic. You mm-hmm. know, the little God. Doctrine. Yeah. And then you have, which a lot of people that um, and i'll tell people you go check me out you pull it up you look at it in the catholic catechism in the catechism of the catholic church number 460 i think it's think so 460 it says and this is a shortened version jesus became man so that man could become god yeah and there's a sh- it's just a little shortened version okay uh-uh. so today, yeah so in 841 it i think eight, sometimes i get them mixed up 841 is the one that uh, they say that the muslims believe in the same god that christians believe in mm-hmm. but in 460 they literally say that jesus became man so that man could become God. Wow. So what is not to understand about that? I mean, it's right. clear and plain. Exactly. But most people don't see that. And then, right. and then when you talk about all of the false stuff, all the new agey stuff that's coming in, the yoga, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Lectio Divina, yes. you know, the divine reading and putting yourself into a trance-like state, Correct. prayer, soaking prayer, yes. contemplative meditation. Yeah. That all will lead you to the place. If you do it right, it will lead you to the place in believing that mm. you are God. If you hear the underlying theme, um, you're going to see, again, a vacuum-sized hole will be created when the church is raptured. What is going to fill that hole? It's going to be this false, woke spirituality. And that is why we are diving in this today, because nobody seems to listen. They all think we're out here in left field, but it's not. in the conditioning of 
of your culture. Divided by indoctrination, kept in separation, fed contamination, coerced into inoculation for me, your mother. your time my child it's okay to open your eyes slowly one breath at a time I got you if you feel alone lay on my grassy lap and watch the red hawks glide across the blue sky that's it. Deep breaths. Unclench your heart. Take off your mask. Let go of your pain. I can hold it for you. I am so proud of you, my child. What courage you have to face the shadow. As you heal yourself, you heal the collective. The world needs you. I need you to rise, to remember, and you can't fail. All you have to do is show up. That's enough, more than enough. Let go of the stories, the lies of your culture, the programs of your parents. See the truth. The demons are just angels who have lost their way. All is of God, or nothing is. Things are changing now. You are entering the unknown. But if all is of God, then God is the unknown too. To behold the unknown and know it as God is to claim faith. So have faith, my child. You don't need fear anymore. Give it to me, my love. That's it. Gently. Gently. I'm sorry the world hurt you. I will cry the tears you haven't shed. I will wail the grief you've kept inside. We're going to make it better. Bring light to the darkness by seeing the darkness as the light. Remember the teaching of Father. Behold, I make all things new. So let's make a new world together. Okay, rest now, my sweet. I'm always with you. You're doing great. I'm so proud of you. You're so brave, my child. I love you as I love anything that has ever existed. I love you as myself. Oh, so that is also kind of bouncing off of Aubrey, what we've heard here. So many nuggets there, though, Addie, as far as, again, a vacuum-sized hole when we are raptured. What are What is the spin? What are they going to talk about? The, 
this new religion is going to be formed and listening to all of this today for me personally, it vexes my spirit because I can see people, people that I know and love that will line up. So I'm going to make this clear and then I'm going to let you talk. And I need for everyone to please listen to me out there watching this podcast this week, listening to this podcast this week. This Antichrist is going to rise on the scene. He is not going to be a Joe Biden. He's not going to be a Nancy Pelosi. He's not going to steal away your rights. What he's going to do is he's going to come on as a little horn. And when he comes on as a little horn, he's going to deceive you because the false prophet, his sidekick, is going to come in with a fake false religion. Whatever they call that, I don't know. I won't be here. And you will be deceived by a false light, false light that is going to lead you into darkness. And that is why we do these podcasts. This is why we have people on like Addie and Jenny and Chris. You need to get out. If I can save one person from the fire on this particular episode, then that's enough for me because that's one less in hell. But this is a deception. I don't play these videos to scare anyone. But if you're ignorant saying, Kim, this doesn't happen in the church, can I remind you of a Joyce Myers and a Joel Osteen? and a Kenneth Copeland. They might not sound like that. It's just wrapped up in a different bow with their Habashabalaba Scooby-Doo has a biscuit snack and them invoking their little God's theory. And then Joel Osteen with his power of I am. It's just said differently, but it's the same exact message. So Addie, speak upon what you just saw. It, it is. It's all the same. And it's like you were saying, Kim, the, the, the troubling thing is it's in the church. It's in Christian. It's in the. It's in Christianity. It's within Christendom. Yeah. And and um, there were several things that she said. And of course, a lot of people will look at that. And they'll go, Oh, well, they're just. You know, she's talking from a mom. No, she's talking about Mother Earth mm-hmm. when she says, "You lay down in the lap of my of the the grass in my lap." Okay, yeah. she's talking about Mother Earth. She's not mm-hmm. talking about a woman carrying a child. Correct. That's not what she's talking about. But a lot of people would look at that and say, look how beautiful that is. She's talking about a mom and then all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of things in there that they would use to draw people in. One of them was uh, they showed uh, the baby, the animated mm-hmm. baby, mm-hmm. with all the inoculations around it. Mm-hmm. The, the little new okay. age theme, yeah. Had all the peels, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had all the peels going, and then mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of stuff will draw people in that kind of had this awakening during the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go, okay, we, we, you know, we agree with that. So let's just go ahead and we'll, we'll take all the rest of it in too. Mm-hmm. So the the and and it's like you said, the the ex, this is the extreme that we just watched, and they're gonna go, well, I'm not seeing any of that in our church. Mm. I, I don't see those kind of videos. Nobody talks like she talks. But think about climate change. Okay, that's the climate change. You know, uh, I've been hearing that. I'm 65. I've been hearing that for 40 years. Mm-hmm. That we were going, the earth was done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know how many times it was supposed to be done exactly. in my 65 years of life? Right. A lot. Correct. A lot. So, what they're doing, though, is the, the green movement has come into Christianity. Now you have a green Bible. You know, now mm. we have to have earth care and all of that. You know, you have Brian McLaren telling people to come forward and put their hands in the dirt. In a really? That's on the platform. No. It was years ago. It was years ago. What? Put your hands in the dirt so you can be reborn. <sighs> you know, that kind of stuff. 
So no, it is like you said, Kim, it may not be as blatant Mm -hmm. as what we just saw, but Mm -hmm. it is there and it has seeped in and creeped in and Mm -hmm. infiltrated little by little. There is leaven in the camp. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. the the problem is, is people do not know the Bible. They don't know biblical truth. I tell people, look, you don't have to be a theologian, but you got to know what the Bible, the Bible accepts Mm -hmm. and you you have to know what the Bible rejects. Exactly. You have to know who God is and who he is not. Mm -hmm. You have to know who Jesus Christ is. Exactly. A lot of out there. A lot. So, and if you don't know that, it's Mm -hmm. you have to know the genuine to know the counterfeit. Correct. That goes without saying. But you also need to know the counterfeit. Yes, right. Yeah. You have to, you know. So again, the 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 my heart, my the burden of my heart has always been for the infiltration of false teaching, false doctrine, demonic doctrine Mm -hmm. coming into the church. Because honestly, I got saved at 28. Mm -hmm. By the time I was 30, I was two years walking with the Lord. By the time I was 30, seriously, I looked behind me. And the, some of the stuff that I had left and rejected as a biblical Christian had mm-hmm. followed me in and passed mm-hmm. me up. Wow. And it was now in the pulpit and it was now in Sunday school rooms. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to know what we're looking at when we're looking at, and you have to be suspicious. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with being suspicious. Correct. And the Holy Spirit prompts you. Yeah. You know, Holy Spirit has, there's times I tell my friends, if you have a red flag, even if you don't know why you have that red flag, mm-hmm. you need to pay attention to that red flag. If exactly. you are biblically saved, you automatically have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. That's but I, right. so I said, if you if you have a red flag, don't go, oh, that's just me. No, yeah. you check it out yep. and see why you have that red flag. Exactly. Yes. The majority of the time, it's correct. Right. Exactly. So you, so you have all of this, and it's just, and and it's just come through people over the years, over the the decades that have said, okay, I'm a professing Christian, but you know, Alice Bailey is a perfect one of the perfect mm, professed yep. Christian. Mm-hmm. And yet she incorporated all of this demonic stuff into her Christianity. Correct. And she several other Didn't she have a horrific death too? I feel sure like she that. died really horrifically, but I don't know. Really? Yeah. yeah. I could be wrong on that. I know there was someone who was very in that demonic realm thing. I, I feel like they were from yeah. Texas and they, was she from Texas? I don't, oh, I don't know. But anyway, so I know someone like that, like a, yeah. no, maybe it was a Margaret Stang, the one who founded um, Planned Parenthood. Maybe it was her. I know it was someone like that, that Same had an extremely, yeah. yes, that had a very violent death, but I don't yeah. know who it is. Yeah. During editing, I'll put it up and show Walker people. Say, that'd be great. Good, yeah. Good, good. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you have, you have uh, the deception is not dangerous outside of the walls of Christianity. It's what's mm-hmm. going on on the inside, because yeah. you can see again, like the great reset, the greater reset, mm-hmm. great reset is obvious. The yeah. greater reset is very dangerous. Correct. So it's the same thing with the stuff, with the, the false teachings and the, the new age concepts. And mm-hmm. I mean, look at how many churches are doing yoga classes. <laughs> I know, right? So, I mean, it's just awful yeah. to mind. How many people, you know, they're practicing the present? How many, yeah. you know, that that there was. Mm. I just, I had, you know, there's times where I think my head's going to blow off. 
but I <laughs> I'm know, right there like, with you. <laughs> I'm serious. It's just like, you know, because, but I'm, I'm thankful for that. I am, yeah. but you know, just like uh, these retreats, I was thinking about this when that, when that young man was going into the darkness and all of the demonic stuff that took place with him. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's a big thing today within Christianity is these experiential retreats. Yeah. Yeah. Where you go and you 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 do a silent retreat and you spend mm. time in the silence. Yeah. And it's all and what people don't know is it's all scripted and orchestrated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. You know, I mean they they have you know they have a, a faith walk and decalades and and uh, and uh, the great banquet and mm. uh, tres dias. There's tres dias and it's like just about every. Denomination. What is that last one that you just said? Tres dias, which what is that? three days in Spanish. Wow. Tres dias. And and it's so what it is is it's 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 basically a lighter version of what this young man just went into. Mm. It's a lighter version because wow. people come out and they go, oh, I had this experience with God. Yeah. Or I, yeah. I saw my dead husband. Right. Wow. So what they do is they, they pull these mm. people in with these, you're going to encounter God statements, right? Mm. Well, how can, mm. how do you orchestrate encountering God? I thought right. God was outside of space, time and matter. Correct. So, yeah. so how can I orchestrate you having an encounter with God? But they say you're going to come and have an encounter with God. And then they use all these psychological manipulations mm. to help you to make that happen. You know, they use music mm. and silence and mood lighting and all of that. So yeah. it, it reminded me a lot. So you see, we have that not quite as dark as what this young man experienced. Correct. Have that in Christendom. Right. And then people come out and they think they live for the next week, the next time they have a weekend where they can mm-hmm. experience God. Correct. And then everything after that, Kim, is boring to them. Right. And that's why we're doing this. At least that's why I wanted you on for this, because no, it is not as blatant as this. But when the rapture happens, People are going to think that this is godlike, and that's what right. people. That's why we're doing this is because exactly. this is what you need to understand. Is it looks a certain way now because the church is still present, and there's definitely right. a dividing line. When the rapture right. happens, the church is gone. That dividing line is gone. It's gone. Yeah. And how are and they going to def- do that? And it's definitely, it's definitely uh, metastasizing mm. it's growing yes like, like you know yes. i've been walking with the lord for 37 years right yeah so 35 years ago it is way further advanced correct than it was 35 years ago exactly further advanced yeah. than 30 years ago yeah so by the time the rapture happens there is no telling mm. how much of christendom is going to be apostate Correct. It's going to be incredible. I know. And when when that rapture takes place, mm. like you said, that spiritual void that these people are preaching and teaching, the greater reset, new age mm-hmm. people, yeah. they're going to run right in and fill it. Correct. Could, people are going to, because they're already uh, predisposed to it. Exactly. And nobody's going to be afraid of somebody coming in going, okay, well, let's sit down and do um, because we exactly. our right. Okay, yes. Well, we've been doing yoga, so I guess we can do that. Right. Exactly. They, they're yeah. already desensitized to everything. Correct. So when, when that religion comes in and fills in that void, like mm, you said. Yeah. 
people are already, they're already primed. Exactly. Exactly. And there's so many false teachers right now, Addie, that are out there, such as the Joels, the Joyce, the Stephen Furtick's, T.D. Jakes, Rick Warren. Well, he's not pastoring anymore. But so what's going to happen is they they have a a million and gazillion followers. So they're going to be left behind. And I can biblically stand and say that not that's not me. That's the Bible telling me because they are accursed. So these people are going to be like, well, this can't be the church because I'm a Christian and Joel is here and Joyce is here. So what, what is it? So I don't know, but on that note, I kind of just let in, let me, I'm going to play two videos from Russell brand back to back. And, um, well, before I do that, were you done with what we just saw? I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, yeah, your thought. I can stop and start at any point. Okay, perfect. Good. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so um, you're so much like me. It's crazy. So Russell Brand, for those who don't know or knew, do know, he's very new age. Um, he partners with Jonathan Rumi from The Chosen. But Russell is also woke as far as not left-leaning anymore. He's woke to the great reset. So I'm going to play two videos back-to-back. They're different podcasts. Um, So anyway, and then I'll get your thoughts on this, and then we'll end it with another video at the end. But here we go. WHO are meeting next week to discuss the pandemic accord, which would radically expand its powers. Nothing to worry about there, then. (coughs) Hello there, you 5.6 million awakening wonders. If you want to awaken even quicker, why don't you sign up to my side channel, Awakening with Russell Brand. It's just one click away. I do meditations on there. I talk about well-being. Ow! I talk about how to avoid banging your fingers on a desk when you're listing things on your fingers. It's a treasure trove of useful information. If you don't subscribe to this channel yet, subscribe right now and turn on the notification bells at the end. I'll tell you how to sign up to my mailing list. But before any of that... Let's discuss the WHO, the World Health Organization, who care about the world's health. You're on the world. That's where you live. So hopefully they've got you in their hearts when they're meeting next week. Let's see what's going to happen. Primarily, they're interested in expanding powers of regulation around pandemics. This is from The Telegraph. On the 22nd of May, the World Health Organization meets for the World Health Assembly, an annual summit to which all the world's countries are invited, except Taiwan, which is excluded at China's behest. Would you mind if everyone except Taiwan came? Well, it seems a bit unfair on Taiwan. We don't like them. We don't think they should even be a Taiwan. On the agenda is the pandemic accord that would greatly expand the WHO's powers to intervene in a country in the event of a future outbreak. Why do they want these powers? Well, it's meant to be a health organisation. We're here to help. You're all right. I don't want any help. You're having help. The European Union, true to form, pushed for a legally binding pandemic treaty instead, but the accord would still have substantial force of international law behind it to make governments impose domestic lockdowns, for example, despite the WHO's own figures showing little correlation between lockdown severity and death rates. If their own figures show little correlation between the severity of the lockdown and death figures, then what is the reason for severe lockdowns. If something cannot be underwritten rationally, then what is the reason for it? I feel we are in a situation where people perpetuate power for power's sake, where the World Health Organization would just want to increase their regulatory abilities. I also don't like, by the way, the idea that they're anticipating the next pandemic. I don't want to be naive. Pandemics are awful. No one wants disease. No one wants to be unhealthy. But my personal sense is that the solution to our individual and our collective and our national and our local problems is not to grant 
more power to an organization that's primarily funded by the United States of America than Bill Gates's foundation, than the United Kingdom. I think that they might be subject to biases that are at odds with your health requirements, my health requirements, various health requirements. I bet our health requirements differ. Don't you imagine? We've got different requirements. I don't want more power externally imposed on me. I want less. I don't want less freedom. I want more freedom. I don't want more regulation. They're taking us in the wrong direction. And it seems to me like they're using various crises and threats to introduce regulations that won't be rescinded and, generally speaking, are advantageous to already powerful interests. Expanding. The metaverse is expanding. We talk. Okay, so I'm going to play this video here. And the reason I wanted to play that Russell one first leading into this is because this guy is on tap of what's happening in our world today. He's woke. He's not for it. And then I found this video with him. He's blurry, guys. This isn't me. That's his video, actually, very blurry. It does clear up. But anyway, then he goes into this, which, Addy, when you're done watching this, as I'm sure I was, your jaw is going to be on the ground because we know what Facebook is. But after watching this, again, merging of everything, it's all coming together. I'm going to hit play. Grab your coffee, grab your tea. This one is amazing. Talked to you already about that metaverse, but now the metaverse has got so bloody big that even God, God's self is in it. Has Mark Zuckerberg gone from playing God to being God's landlord? And should we be worried about that? I mean, who's going to clear up? Who's going to pay the rent? What if the pipes burst? Zuckerberg! <laughs> Hello there, you 4.5 million miracles, you marvels, you wonders, you awakening sources of light in my life. Hey, I'm on tour. Come and see me if you're in the UK. There's a link in the description. Between January and May, I'll be available to you. But you could also just sit home in a metaverse and look at me in there. I'll probably be in there. I won't have no choice about it. God's in there. You've got to get in there. Everyone's in there. Let's see what's going on in this bloody metaverse. Facebook, which recently passed one trillion in market capitalization, may seem like an unusual partner for a church whose primary goal is to share the message of Jesus. Not in a way, because if you think there was a sort of obviously a period in the history of the church, which was clearly about expansionism, imperialism and power. But the company has been cultivating partnerships with a wide range of faith communities over the past few years, from individual congregations to large denominations like the Assemblies of God and the Church of God in Christ. So I suppose what Facebook know is that one of the communities that will continue to use Facebook as younger users migrate to other platforms are older, traditional, churchy folk. Now, after the coronavirus pandemic pushed religious groups to explore new ways to operate, Facebook sees even greater strategic opportunity to draw highly engaged users onto its platform. The company aims to become the virtual home for religious community and wants churches, mosques, synagogues and others to embed their religious life into its platform from hosting worship services and socialising more casually to soliciting money. It's developing new products including audio and prayer sharing aimed at faith groups. In a way, let's face it, I'm not a mad Luddite, are you? I like technology. It's fantastic stuff. What I get concerned about is when it seems to replace ideology rather than support ideology. It's just a utensil. It's just a tool. It's just a way of communicating how fantastic, how positive, how miraculous that you and I can connect even in this way right now. But in places of congregation and unity and togetherness where you seek to explore the deeper mysteries of life that are not ascertainable through the senses, the deep connection through consciousness to a force that is difficult to understand, 
accessible to all of us and excluding none of us, you don't really want that to be brokered by an organisation that might have monetary gain at the forefront of its collective mind. These partnerships reveal how big tech and religion are converging far beyond simply moving services to the internet. Facebook is shaping the future of religious experience itself as it has done for political and social life. It's a deepening and an expansion and a kind of indication of the ambition of this project. I just want people to know that Facebook is a place where when they feel discouraged or depressed or isolated, they could go and immediately connect with a group of people that care about them, said Nona Jones, the company's director for global faith partnerships and a non-denominational minister. Facebook executives pitched their efforts to religious groups at a virtual faith summit. Sheryl Sandberg, the company's chief operating officer, shared an online resource hub with tools to build congregations on the platform. Faith organisations and social media are a natural fit because fundamentally both are about connection. Let me tell you some other things we can compare. Both can be about replacing the internal spontaneous experience with a set of doctrines and dogma that prevent you having immediate agency. Mr. Sandberg said, Our hope is one day people will host religious services in virtual reality spaces as well or use augmented reality as an educational tool to teach their children the story of their faith. Nothing wrong with that. If, like, you have other priorities about connection and understanding of nature in an outer, but we can see the way this is progressing. There is a lack of balance. This is being undertaken in the name of a corporate project, and we can't pretend it's neutral or a wait-and-see situation. It's a form of colonisation, colonisation of consciousness itself. But I'm biased. You can't trust me. Let's see what Mark Zuckerberg's got to say about the metaverse and how it might influence the church. Starting with the most important experience of all, connecting with people. I don't know what's happening in Mark Zuckerberg's mind when I look at his face, do you? It's a lot sort of happening. There's a lot of, like, inner life in there, but I don't know what it relates to. I mean, obviously, it's someone who has the capacity to create a sort of an unparalleled infrastructure, but it also makes me feel not like, this is good, this is happening. Your avatar will be able to make natural eye contact and reflect your facial expressions in real time. Terrifying. This way, people you're interacting with will have a, a real sense of how you're actually feeling. What? Like if you met them? I know this is a big deal for a lot of people. Not everyone wants their social media profile linked to all these other experiences. And I get that, especially as the metaverse expands. And I'll share more about that later. I get that. <laughs> I'll deal with that later after I've got a few more billions. I think this could be very positive for our society. The collaborations raise not only practical questions, but also philosophical and moral ones. Religion has long been a fundamental way humans have formed community, and now social media companies are stepping into that role. Facebook has nearly 3 billion active monthly users, making it larger than Christianity worldwide, which has 2.3 billion adherents, or Islam, which has 1.8 billion users. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because when it comes to it, they're just ways which you might spend your time you might be on facebook you might be in prayer you might be on facebook you might be down a soup kitchen feeding people you might be on facebook you could be with a family member having some kind of experience could be walking in nature it's this colonization that i suppose concerns most of us that are skeptical about the ongoing march of these powerful organizations we are dealing with technology that we don't understand that we're not evolved to understand and we can't see the outcomes because they are beyond our kind of ability to predict or project or game out. Even though these technologies are a result of human input, they have their own teleology that's difficult for us to predict. A Facebook spokeswoman said the data it collected from religious communities would be handled the same way as other users. 
Phew. <laughs> Many of Facebook's partnerships involve asking religious organisations to test or brainstorm new products. Facebook created its faith partnerships team in 2017 and began courting religious leaders, especially of evangelical and Pentecostal groups, in earnest in 2018. Facebook basically said, hey, we want to be the it. We want it to be the go-to, said the Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, a Sacramento pastor who leads a large coalition of Hispanic churches. We already have the sort of horrific archetype of the evangelical preacher corruptly robbing his flock in order to feather his own nest. And now we're turbocharging that with technology. For some pastors, Facebook's work raises questions about the broader future of church in a virtual world. So much of religious life remains physical, such as sacraments or the laying on of hands for healing prayer. For churches like Hillsong Atlanta, the ultimate goal is evangelism. We've never been more postured for the Great Commission than now, Pastor Sam Collier said, referring to Jesus' call to make disciples of all nations. He is partnering with Facebook, he said, to directly impact and help churches navigate and reach the consumer better. Consumer isn't the right word, he said, correcting himself. Reach the parishioner is better. No, I think you had it right the first time. To merge the church with Facebook is like to merge a shark with a potato. There's no way that the church will be able to stand up to the audacious power of this rapacious predator. But that's just what I think. So I know that was long, but I thought it was very interesting, especially that one name that he mentioned, Samuel, which was in Jack Hibbs Church as well, but we won't go there either. But the evangelicals, the Pentecostals. So a lot to take in there. Um, I know that you usually take notes. So the floor is yours. Well, and you know, a lot of what he was saying about the church not being able to meet in the metaverse, you know, he was saying, you know, that's really not the way to, and you know, but, and he's coming from it from a new age point of view. Correct. See, then, of course, I was thinking of the movie Avatar while I was just talking. <laughs> anyway. So. I just snorted. My apologies, guys. <laughs> it just, I think it's adorable. No problem. Anyway, but so this is the thing. When he started talking about the World Health Organization, a lot of what he said we could agree with. And then when you start talking uh, about the metaverse and what the metaverse was trying to do, and I personally think that the metaverse is, is just going to be an easy breezy thing for, for a lot of like, not old people like me, but people, younger people that have cut their teeth on mm. technology, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just going to be second nature to them to want to live in the metaverse. Correct. And then when he said God is in the metaverse. Yeah. Like, okay. So, but the problem with him is that, like you said, he is woke. So a lot of conservative Christians, a lot of conservative political people, a lot of socially conservative people, I'm going to go, finally, Russell Brand got it. He understands where we're coming from. He's, so Christians are going to embrace him because Mm -hmm. he's against a lot of the stuff that they agree with yes and this is the danger yeah you know and he literally said you can't do meta metaphysics you can't experience god outside of your five senses in the metaverse you need to do it in reality so he was he was actually speaking truth a lot of truth against the metaverse but Mm -hmm. from a new age 
point of view, not Correct. from a biblical point of view. Right. And that's what people fail to do. You know, I, I know people that are, they are, they, they want to be biblically sound. Mm-hmm. And over the last two or three years, I've had, you know, and I, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like, look, I love you enough to tell you the truth. You don't want to know the truth. Don't ask me because I'm going to tell you. Right. You know, so and and I love you, and that's why. And yeah. if you don't want to talk to me for three months, it's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, whatever. But yeah. I had I had to I had to recalibrate them mm-hmm. because they were getting caught up. There were several people that I know that were that were, and I and you know I have still have family members that are a little too caught up in what's going on, you know, politically, mm-hmm. socially, and all that. And yes. they think just because someone speaks some semblance of truth that they are Christians. I mean, exactly. they're even saying, they're even claiming somebody's a Christian, even if they don't even claim to be a Christian. Exactly. Because I'll say, well, did they say they were a Christian? Well, no. I yeah. said, well, why do you think they're Christians? Well, because they agree with me on this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh-uh. Right. No. So again, Russell Brand is more dangerous than Klaus Schwab. Yeah, that's right. Just, you know, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's like when I told people years ago and I got so many slams for it. I was speaking out against Rick Warren in the mm-hmm. mid 90s, in mm-hmm. the mid 90s. And my name was dirt because, mm-hmm. you know, I just had people not talk to me. They just stopped yeah. talking. To me. I was like, whatever, you yeah. know, so because he was a Baptist, right? Yeah. He was a Baptist. And I, I got saved in a in a small country. Baptist church. Mm-hmm. When he was a Baptist, I said, I don't care if he's a Baptist. Correct. He's wrong. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, you know, it was like if you said something against Bl- Billy Graham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, well, they me. take, you know, they take out the holy water and the crucifix you know, casting demons out of you. So, <laughs> you know, so when oh and so when you have people like Rick Warren that are basically doing the same agenda as uh, the new agers, mm-hmm. you know, his peace plan is the same thing as the new age. Exactly. Yep. The new apostolic reformation, mm-hmm. seven mountain mandate. It's the same thing as the peace plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. And then right. if you go to the United Nations, Rick Warren's peace plan, NAR, um, all of the new age stuff, they have the same basic layout for their peace plan mm-hmm. it's all the same yeah. the problem is is people think that you have to have when you have two sides that one's got to be good one's got to be bad correct one's got to be benevolent and one's got to be malevolent and yeah. both of them can be evil mm-hmm. and that's what i that's my aha moment in the last yeah. years. yes is that i'm on the lord's side I'm correct on side. I'm on the that's lord's right side. Yeah. So when you have when you have people, you know, that 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 are slamming the Great Reset for having an, an agenda mm-hmm. when they have their own agenda that yeah. is not grounded in a biblically prophetic worldview, mm-hmm. you're just as evil as the people that are pushing the Great Reset. Correct. You know, I, I agree. You know, and the, sadly. That there's there's that there's the majority of the people there. You know, yeah. I have I have a mm-hmm. this little. Uh, let me see if I can remember what I how I said it. I have this little saying where I say um, um, some people are well meaning and other people are well scheming. 
Mm. Okay. Mm. Number the first, like the World Economic Forum and the WHO and the UN, all there. They are yeah. well scheming. They're mm. well scheming. And then my second group, they they really believe they're doing something good. Right. By bringing the collective of humanity together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all mm-hmm. together in the same resonance level. We're going to get mm-hmm. into that same vibrational level, and we're going to heal the earth, and we're going to have utopia. Right. Everybody is trying to get back to the Garden mm. of Eden yeah, without the Creator. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're, they're trying to attain. This is what the mystics did. They tried to attain the glorified state mm. without by and while circumventing the cross. Mm. They, it, when they would get into their mystical adorations and everything they their desperation was getting was to get into that glorified state to become one with god while circumventing the cross Mm. yeah that's the same thing with new agers they want to be one with god but they don't want god man that's right because they won't ever acknowledge that they are sinners in need of a savior exactly exactly so they circumvent all that. They do. And the thing that I found interesting and why I wanted to play the Russell Brand uh, two videos, number one, just the brief with the who, because again, that's just kind of solidifies what we've been talking about here today, um, that they're bucking this whole tyranny system. Right. Hence they the reason are. the Antichrist will not come on those wings. I'm going to re- be repetitive. But then the whole Facebook thing with the merging yeah of the church. I mean, folks really need to pay attention to this, Addie, because again, you know, I know Chris and I differ. I don't know how you feel. I think the Pope is Jewish um, because that word land earth, if you look in the strong concordance under the number 1093, that word earth land, every time that it's used in that particular context is referring to the land of Israel. So that's where I land on that, you know, but so could the false prophet be the Pope? I don't know. Don't care. I'm not going to be here. I personally think he's Jewish. I think something like a Kabbalah mysticism. I found this out the other day. It was like a God ordained conversation. I picked up a gentleman. He's sitting in the back seat and we're chit chatting. And I said, Oh, I said, I hear a beautiful accent. I said, where, where are you from? And he didn't look like he was European. And he said, Israel. And I said, oh, well, look at that. And I always, I say it to every person, I said, well, Israel has a very special place in my heart. And he's like, well, that's good. Cause some people don't like us. Da, da, da. He's like, well, why can I ask why? I said, well, I'm a Christian. And I just, I, I said, I know it's a, that's why I tell him, I know it's uncomfortable conversation. And I said, but I am, you know, a born again believer and Israel is very special. I said, cause I know it's God's precious timepiece. And uh, so anyway, we started chit-chatting about certain things and he was very receptive. Then he gave me an insight to, um, okay, so Kabbalah, I was under the assumption, even though it's mysticism, I thought that Orthodox Jews would be practicing Kabbalah, but they don't. They no, said they don't. that the, not at all. So he said uh-huh. that it's very frowned upon in yes. rabbinical circles but he said there is a huge sect in Israel. He said mostly Tel Aviv, where Kabbalah. Um, he said, but it's this is what got me, and this is what made me think. I don't know. Could the false prophet maybe not be Jewish? Because then he said, Kabbalah is not very popular amongst Jewish people. 
it's not. And I had no idea. I always intertwined the two thinking, oh, well, the false prophet, it could be Kabbalah. And then he got in the vehicle and then we had the conversation. He said, but some rabbis who are into that part, because remember, they don't they don't have the little God thing. They don't idolize anyone. So it is straight up mysticism. But anyway, so I learned a lot about Kabbalah. Now, he didn't say like not that it sounds like people don't practice it in Israel, he said, but it's it's more of, you know, it's as you probably know, Israel is very divided between their different rabbis their different ways of religion and their Torah, the way that they read stuff. And he said, and Kambala kind of is in that little paradigm as well. But anyway, so I'm saying all of that to say this with the rise of this false prophet, this is, I think the deception again. And that's why I wanted to play that because Facebook, I truly believe is going to have its hand in the technological world of the end times. So what I mean by end times, as you know, is that tribulation period. There has to be a media global giant on the scene. And God is pressing upon the hearts of so many people. But what got me is 2018. So COVID happened 2020. But I've been saying there has been this huge push when Trump got in office. I know it didn't speed up God's timeline. His timeline has always been the same. But it seemed like we went into this rapid, fast pace since 2016. And God, he knows the timeline. So, you know, I I think because he knows it, we don't know it, but things are just moving and moving. And then all of a sudden to see that 2018, this is all started and this big push for this interfaith thing, you know, and then we read about, you know, the two witnesses lying dead in the street, people all around the world can see them. So there has to be some, you know, technological giant merging all of that together so i don't i don't know i just found him very i always find russell brand believe it or not i listen to him a lot because i find him very interesting on the secular point of view waking up and i pray over him you know there's a lot of people that i pray over and i you know i believe and again i could be totally wrong and god forgive me i believe the false teachers that we have today the ricks the joels and we said them time and time again i believe that they are a curse that they've already made their bed and now they're going to lie in it um I would hope and pray that the people who were spiritually seeking today, that maybe God would wake them up by maybe the sound of 144,000 evangelists or the two witnesses, something that they are longing to find will be woken up within them. That's all I can hope for, you know, that they, that the deception won't carry them into the tribulation. And I get there too, because a lot of them don't believe in the tyranny. So once maybe the antichrist turns around and becomes someone different, are they going to believe the lie or are they going to say, Hey, do you remember when all this happened with the COVID thing? I don't know, girl, there's just so much to this. There um, is. Totally. There is. So do you have time for our one last video and we can end it on that? Or do you need to yeah. go? Yeah. No, so I'm one good. more. All right. I'm so good. I'm going to, um, and I meant to read this too about Aubrey Marcus. He had posted this on that podcast that we watched. I know I totally digressed on this, but this is what Aubrey said. We are in the midst of powerful and unprecedented times in this epic sequel to my favorite podcast of all time. Charles and I map out how to embody the revolution of reunion that we are currently undergoing a reunion of people. And I'm emphasizing reunion because I just think of all of those left behind after the rapture, a reunion of people with each other, their culture, their governments, and the earth. Earth always has to be involved, does it not? But sometimes before things get better, the old structures must 
dissolve and I won't read the rest of it, but I found that very, the old structures must dissolve. And to me, that is pivotal on the rise of this little horn because America is going to be decimated. That is not word for word, but that is exactly what Rick Warren said. Mm. He said for church to be what it needs to be, the old pillars need to be removed. Wow. So who do you think the false prophet may be? Do you think it's the Pope too? I think it's, I don't know if it's this Pope Mm -hmm. because there could be another Right. I mean, yeah. That's right. Story. That's a whole other story. Correct. Because I count, I count popes. There's been like 260 of them, Mm-mm. right, throughout the history of yeah. Catholicism. But I count like the end time kind of understanding of the popes. I count it from Vatican II, which is in the 1960s. Mm. So he is Pope number six. So I don't know oh. whether it's this. Now, the cool thing about mm. him is he's a Jesuit pope, which there has never been yes. a Jesuit pope Yes, yes, correct. Number one. Mike and Pence is so a Jesuit, that, too. Yeah, there are a lot of them that are Jesuits. Yeah, wow. Fauci. Fauci is really? I did Fauci not know Jesuit that. Jesuit trained. Girl, if you Google the what? majority of the, of the movers and shakers, yeah. they are all Jesuit trained. All of them. Yeah. Okay. That's a whole other thing. I just. Yes, for sure. Anyway. So, yes. So I think. I do believe that that the Roman Catholic Church is Mm -hmm. evolving into the end time apostate religion. Mm. It's not going to be it by itself. Right. It's going to be it with all of the other religions that's embracing the Roman Catholic Church. Right. You know, because I mean, you have, they're embracing indigenous religions now. I know. The Roman yes. Catholic Church, you know. Right. And then, uh, of course, many of the, of the uh, denominations that were mm. formed from the Reformation to today are all going back to Rome. Yeah. You know, so I think it's just going to be this huge, universal, ecumenical Mm. mother church. Yeah. I have always believed that the Roman Catholic Church is going to be the the hub, the center, the core. Yeah. From that, all the other religions are going to be because, you know, Vatican II is very ecumenical. But there's one thing that people don't understand about Vatican II. Vatican II says, yes, we love you. You can believe whatever you want, okay? But you have to worship the Eucharist as Jesus' body, soul, and divinity. And mm. you have to acknowledge the hierarchical authority of the Pope and the Vatican. But you can believe whatever you want. You can believe mm. your Episcopalian teachings. You can believe your shaman teachings. You can believe this teaching, that teaching. So that's why I have always had this, mm. this this thought and this attitude that that's how it was going to be it's not yeah. like the the catholic church of old although right. constantine started it and it's just blowing up now yeah you know so i mm. do think i do think the false prophet is going to be in catholic leadership i don't know mm. if he's yeah because, you know, right. they have a black pope, too, which is the leader of the Jesuits. Wow, so I didn't know that. It could be him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I think Catholicism is still going to play a pivotal role. Because yes. whether it's this pope or another pope, 
if we're raptured right now, the Pope yeah. will be left behind. So yes. I've always felt like maybe the Catholic Church will catapult the yeah. false prophet to yeah. the center stage I because agree. you got to remember whoever the, the the devil his triune fake thing yeah he doesn't incarnate the false prophet but he's going to also deceive people maybe even like the pope to say hey follow this person this is now the yeah. vicar of christ or however that's yeah. worded so exactly i don't yeah. know i just know that word land when you do a deep dive on that word from land and sea land it always refers back to the land of israel and that's where I, I sit there. That, so I can't say yes or no to that. Yeah. I so I don't so, know. You know but that's it's just all curious. That's yeah. And I thought Chris's was curious as well when he was on yeah. here. Yeah. You know, I but haven't you know, bought into I'm, it yet, though. Yeah. Well, you know, people's lineages are, are extremely important when it comes to the players of Correct. the John. For sure. It, it really is. Yes. But, uh, but you know, the, the, the Roman Catholic Church is the only global religion that is um an economic entity because mm-hmm. it's got its own money it mm-hmm. deals in money mm-hmm. with other governments mm-hmm. it has it's a governmental entity it's a political entity yeah and it's a religious entity mm-hmm. that's why there are ambassadors for the catholic church everywhere yeah. like when there's UN, there's un ambassadors there's u.s ambassadors to the catholic church no other religion has ambassadors correct Nobody. Yeah. you know we had uh um i'm not gonna be able to think of his name but you know we have like the united states has ambassadors to the vatican there's no mm. ambassadors to the southern baptist convention correct <laughs> right so I, you know i'll, I'll kind of put mm. all of that together and think that sounds like that could be the hub yeah that could be i don't know i don't know i know fingers in everything they do they do you know, the roman catholic church has got their fingers in everything everything Politics, yeah. medicine yeah hospitals, yes okay health care yeah they that are i do involved know involved in everything wow so, oh i don't know girl it's crazy <laughs> so i'm gonna play i'm gonna end this out on this um little video here i don't remember but again i'm playing this because Again, we're talking tribe mentality, the greater reset, not the great reset. Why is all of this happening? And I found this to be quite amazing. And um, it's called a gathering of the tribe. So let's go ahead and play this fantastical stuff. Once upon a time, a great tribe of people lived in a world far away from ours. Whether far away in space or in time, or even outside of time, we do not know. They lived in a state of enchantment and joy that few of us today dare to believe could exist, except in those exceptional peak experiences where we glimpse the true potential of life and mind. One day, the elders of the tribe called a meeting. They gathered around, and one of them spoke very solemnly. My friends, she said, There is a world that needs our help. It is called Earth, and its fate hangs in the balance. Its humans have reached a critical point in their collective birthing. The same point our own planet was at one million years ago, and they will be stillborn without our help. Who would like to volunteer for a mission to this time and place? 
and render service to humanity. Tell us more about the mission, they asked. It is no small thing. Our shaman will put you into a deep, deep trance, so complete that you will forget who you are. You will live a human life. And in the beginning, you will completely forget your origins. You will forget even our language and your own true name. You will be separated from the wonder and beauty of our world and from the love that bathes us all. You will miss it deeply, yet you will be unable to name what you are missing. You will remember the love and beauty that we know to be normal only as a longing in your heart. Your memory will take the form of an intuitive knowledge as you plunge into the painfully marred earth that a more beautiful world is possible. As you grow up in that world, your knowledge will be under constant assault. You will be told in a million ways that a world of destruction, violence, drudgery, anxiety, and degradation is normal. You may go through a time when you are completely alone, with no allies to affirm your knowledge of a more beautiful world. You may plunge into a depth of despair that we, in our world of light, cannot imagine. But no matter what, a spark of knowledge will never leave you. A memory of your true origin will be encoded in your DNA. That spark will lie within you, inextinguishable, until one day it is awakened. You see, even though you will feel, for a time, utterly alone, you will not be alone. We will send you assistance, help that you will experience as miraculous, experiences that you will describe as transcendent. These will fan that spark into a flame. For a few moments or hours or days, you will reawaken to the beauty and the joy that is meant to be. You will see it on Earth. For even though the planet and its people are deeply wounded, there is beauty there still, projected from past and future onto the present as a promise of what is possible and a reminder of what is real. After that glimpse, the flame may die down into an ember again as the routines of normal life there swallow you up. But after each awakening, they will seem less normal and the story of that world will seem less real. The ember will glow brighter. When enough embers do that, they will all burst into flame together and sustain each other. Because remember, you will not be there alone. As you begin to awaken to your mission, you will meet others of our tribe. You will recognize them by your common purpose, values, and intuitions, and by the similarity of the paths you have walked. As the condition of the planet Earth reaches crisis proportions, your paths will cross more and more. The time of loneliness, the time of thinking you might be crazy, will be over. You will find the people of your tribe all over the Earth and become aware of them through the long-distance communication technologies used on that planet. But the real shift, the real quickening, will happen in face-to-face -face gatherings, gatherings in special places. When many of you gather together, you will launch a new stage on your journey, a journey that, I assure you, will end where it begins right now. Then, the mission that lay unconscious within you will flower into consciousness. Your intuitive rebellion against the world presented to you as normal 
will become an explicit quest to create a more beautiful one. A woman said, tell me more about the time of loneliness that we might prepare for it. The elder said, in the time of loneliness, you will always be seeking to reassure yourself that you are not crazy. You will do that by telling people all about what is wrong with the world, and you will feel a sense of betrayal when they don't listen to you. You might hunger for stories of wrongness, atrocity, and ecological destruction, all of which confirm the validity of your intuition that a more beautiful world exists. But after you have fully received the help we will send you and the quickening of your gatherings, you will no longer need to do that because you will know your energy will thereafter turn toward actively creating that more beautiful world. The tribeswoman asked, how do you know this will work? Are you sure our shaman's powers are great enough to send us on such a journey? The elder replied, I know it will work because he has done it many times before. Many have already been sent to earth to live human lives and to lay the groundwork for the mission you will undertake now. He's been practicing. The only difference now is that many of you will venture there at once. What is new in the time you will live in is that you will gather in critical mass and will each awaken the other to your mission. The heat you will generate will kindle the same spark that lies in every human being. For in truth, each one is from a tribe like ours. The whole galaxy and beyond is converging on Earth. For never before has a planet journeyed so far into separation and made it back again. Those of you who go will be part of a new step in cosmic evolution. The tribesmen asked, is there a danger we will become lost in that world and never wake up from the shamanic trance? Is there a danger that the despair, the cynicism, the pain of separation will be so great that it will extinguish the spark of hope, the spark of our true selves and origin, and that we will be separated from our beloved ones forever? The elder replied, that is impossible. The more deeply you get lost, the more powerful the help we will send you. You might experience it at the time as a collapse of your personal world, a loss of everything important to you. Later, you will recognize the gift within it. We will never abandon you. Another man asked, is it possible that our mission will fail and that this planet Earth will perish? The elder replied, I will answer your question with a paradox. It is impossible that your mission will fail. Yet, its success hangs on your own actions. The fate of the world is in your hands. The key to this paradox lies within you, in the feeling you carry that each of your actions, even your personal secret struggles, has cosmic significance. You will know then, as you know now, that everything you do matters. There were no more questions. The volunteers gathered in a circle, and the shaman went to each one. The last thing each was aware of was the shaman blowing smoke in his or her face. They entered a deep trance and dreamed themselves into the world where we find ourselves today. Okay, so I know that one sounded kind of weird and I might have lost some people on that one, but I played that because, again, the rapture happens. You're going to have this unified community over what? And I just felt like this gathering, he laid this out in such a way that I understood it to where you're going to have a gathering of just this spirituality, new age, we're the new tribe. This is yeah. 
the paradigm we've this is a great awakening this is whatever so speak upon what you just saw because again well you you actually this was a really good video to transition into the next topics that we're going to be talking about hmm. scientology and ancient alien theory mm-hmm. so if, if we look at this okay there was like i thought oh that sounds like scientology oh that sounds like american indian mysticism this sounds like Mormonism. Oh, this over here that he just said, that sounds like uh, um, ancient alien theory. So that what he's talking about, there are the majority of religions, and I'm talking about outside of Christendom as well as now inside of Christendom. They can connect to what he's talking about mm. because a lot of people are starting to believe this kind of stuff, even Christians. You know, they're starting to believe in reincarnation. They're starting to believe in uh, in uh, spirit babies mm. that that were that were uh, 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 that existed from eternity, and they're waiting for a physical body to be born in. So you have you have all of this. And it's it really culminates perfectly in what the the video just showed because there are pieces and parts that I saw in there and I said, ooh, this you know these people believe this and this mm-hmm. this group believe that. So it's it's just, it was a good culmination of those uh, of what he talked about, which was pure New Age and shamanistic and uh, uh, sorcery. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it is. But as he spoke. I was writing down when they talk about the spark of the divine. How many times do you hear people say that? That we all have a spark of the divine. Mm. Teresa of Calcutta believed that. Really? She believed that everybody had a spark of the divine mm. in them. Okay. She believed that everybody she saw was the, was was the face of Jesus. Everybody. So you have that, and then you uh, and then he talked about, of course, the enlightenment through meditation. Mm-hmm. And what are we seeing now? We're seeing retreats that are that are that are based on meditation. Yeah. You have churches that are doing yogic meditation. Mm-hmm. You have contemplative prayer meditation where you you sit in the silence. So that covers that part. When he talked about there are certain locations on the planet, mm. those are called thin places. T H I N thin places. Thin. Where mm, never are, heard of that. Yeah, where there are certain areas on the planet. That are more that it has more supernatural energy, and that's a better, the best place to meet God. Mm. In places, most of them are found when you go on some kind of pilgrimage. Like most mm. pil- pilgrimages mm-hmm. are based or end at a place where they say, you know, that the vibration here lends itself to you having this manifestation of God. Mm. You know in places and when you talked about certain there are certain places on the globe where you'd be able to meet yeah energy connect okay and of course he talked about uh uh the the shamanic uh trances you know what people could say well i don't go into a trance well if you do yoga you probably do correct you know they don't connect the shaman part with it right because they think yoga is just exercise Mm -hmm. Uh, cosmic evolution which is spiritual evolution yeah which is what most new agers believe in they might believe in physical evolution but they definitely believe in cosmic evolution Mm. uh and then of course that leans itself to the cosmic christ yeah yeah which is the christ of the new age yeah and all of that Mm. yeah and i was thinking this is like the perfect video that you could have segue. I mean, it's perfect because See? because because it was Scientology, 
it was ancient aliens. Mm. It was even a little Mormonism thrown into the Yeah, yeah. Perfect video for that. Awesome. Yeah, I was, you know, I'm interested in how people, again, we've said it before, and I know we're going to end here shortly, but I'm just, I'm very fascinated that churches aren't talking about this. And I'm not talking the the passion cities, the social justice, Louis Giglio churches. I'm not talking the churches that we know are apostate. I'm talking about biblically sound pastors. And, you know, I, I feel like they need to, like, this is a message that needs to be brought forth because it is so silently, and I guess that's the word I want to use, uh, being taken over because the devil is slick. You know, he can't just why that's why he's, I think putting face front is this new world agenda, but yet behind the scenes, you know, like it's, it's kind of like that. What do they call that? Right. The magic trick. He's doing this here yeah. while this hand is yeah. doing something different. Yeah. This hand yeah. is n- new world order. This is right. Klaus Schwab. Right. Uh, what right. back here, he's actually doing the magic trick. And now all of a sudden it goes like this and now exactly. you're deceived. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's just, that scares me. It truly because scares me. It's true. And that's, that is so true because it's like, if they find a common platform, yeah, that's been the most dangerous thing for years yeah. that I have seen. They'll find a, co- a common platform mm-hmm. with somebody that yeah. is a good platform. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's, it's socially good. It's biblically good. It's good. But the people you're platforming with are not biblical believers. I right. don't care what they say. They're yeah. not. Their mm-hmm. agenda is contrary to God's word. They Correct. are trying to build the kingdom of God on earth. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like the biggest red flag ever. It is. And then most of them are replacement theology. Oh my you know, gosh. They have, I know. They're anti-Semitic. Yes. They hate the Jews or they just, they just kind of ignore the Jews. That's right. And they forget that they are. Yeah. The Jews in Jerusalem and Israel are God's timepiece. Amen. They are. They are. They are. I tell my sister. Fisher, who she hadn't been a believer that long, I said, "What? Keep your eyes on Israel." Yeah, that's right. Israel. Yes, you know, because it's the timepiece. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, so you have all of these. It's true that that while while they're looking at the at this hand, this hand is really the deceiver. Correct over here. Yes, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, and it was and it was spoon fed mm-hmm. for decades. Girl. Yes. Decades. Yeah, yeah. It's been going on for so long, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I was just sick to yeah. in my heart, just absolutely mm. sick about it. Because I, I, I would tell Prentice that, you know, that guy recomm- was talking about this person and he's a heretic. Yeah. The man that he just recommended or the guy he just had on the screen mm-hmm. is a heretic. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So, I- so yeah. Great segue video. I, I I didn't plan it that way. It just happened to happen up that way. Um, I know. And I do want to um, say this. So this, uh, let me grab my Bible here. My, my, my Bibles, my Bibles. So this right here uh, is, I need my readers. Okay. So I I'm studying through the book of acts and the Lord put me here for a reason. And, um, I'm not going to get into that on this podcast, but so in the book of acts, a lot of people get confused. If they were just rightly divide acts, we wouldn't have all the issues we have in our church today, but they don't. So in chapter 13, that's literally when Paul kind of comes on the scene 
and yeah. he um him and barnabas and john mark and then paul kind of gives this message to who the audience at first was the jews yeah. and this is this is i know gonna be like kim what does this have to do with any of this what we just talked about is because you just mentioned Israel. And this is why the devil needs deception in the church because he's not, okay, I need to make this clear. He's not going to deceive Israel with new age. He's going to deceive Israel with the peace treaty. I feel the devil's going to deceive the church with new age. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because Israel doesn't need to be deceived by a false religion. They're already in one. Though those who left behind, the Gentiles are going to be deceived. So we have to understand the pivotal thing. When Paul went to the Jews and he preached basically his last message to the Jewish people, when you pick it up in, um, so Acts 13, you pick it up in verse 46. um, It says, Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. They're talking to the Jewish audience. Since you repudiate it and judge yourselves, flipping the page here, unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth, picking it up in verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they, the they are Paul and Barnabas, shook off the dust in their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Kim, thanks for the Bible lesson. What does that all mean? It means this, as I just said, with the Jewish people, once the Gentiles, that last Gentile is saved, God's attention turns to the Jews. But over here, the magic trick is going to be deceiving the Gentiles. So Addie, I want you to close this podcast on how we can reach that Gentile who may be deceived right now with what we talked about here today. So wrap it all up in a nice little present and present it. Okay. Well, I think the most important thing is uh, Kim just gave us a great example of getting the word (laughs) and rightly divide the word. You know, I had someone tell me just the other day, I was witnessing to them and they were very kind. And they said, well, you know, everybody interprets the Bible. So, you know, and uh, and I said, no, uh, God interprets the Bible. I said, scripture interprets scripture. And he just looked at me like, oh, I'm gonna have to think about that. Yeah. So the best thing that we can do, first of all, this is what I always say. You have to understand who God is, Christ is, who they are not. God and Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not an energy. He's not a force that you can pass to people, you know, you have to understand who the Trinity is. You also have to understand, have a concept of that we are sinners in need of a state. And there is no way that mankind can save himself, not physically, not emotionally, not spiritually, not psychologically. It's impossible. Look back on history. 
it cannot be done. All we do is make a mess of things. So God tells us in his word, I sent the propitiation <laughs> to take care of that for you. Jesus Christ, my son, everlasting son, pre-existent, always has been, not a created being like some people think, pre-existent. God, he came to earth to die for us on the cross. Only he could do that. You know, his blood was shed to, for us unto death. Mm -hmm. Because just like the lamb was slain unto death in the temple, so the blood could be put on the altar. Jesus's blood was shed unto death on the cross. Now, without the resurrection, we would have no hope. But Jesus did resurrect. And Amen. you can read in God's word about his resurrection. And you know what's really cool? You can read about the resurrect Josephus, who is not a believer. There are many people. So what I would tell people is you have to do a little bit of due diligence, but the Holy Spirit will, is drawing you. Mm -hmm. If you are watching this program, the Holy Spirit is drawing you, and he wants you to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus plus nothing. Mm -hmm. Don't add anything. You don't subtract anything. It's him and him alone. His finished work, it is done. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. He is the one and only mediator. Don't anybody tell you that there are other mediators to get to him. He is the mediator only mm -hmm. to God. So admit that you're a sinner in need of a savior. Admit that you cannot save yourself. Amen. Eternity is unending. Mm -hmm. This life is in. Mm -hmm. You need to know where you're going to go when you draw your last breath. Mm -hmm. God's word is true. I've been walking with the Lord for 37. God and his word have never, ever failed mm -hmm. ever and amen. it will not fail you. amen amen well on that note we are going to uh part ways for the evening so good night thank you and we will definitely connect again on aliens and scientology i'm looking forward to that so anyway addy either see you here there or in the air have a great night sister thank you for listening to this week's episode to find out more information go to lifeclipspodcast.com would you like to be a guest on our show? Do you have questions, comments, or concerns? Send an email to questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. Until next time, family, I will see you here, there, or in the air. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.